I have been extremely agitated over the last year or two. Mostly because I see this world, our country, basically gone to hell in a handbasket and Christians are playing church. Okay, I, I, I just basically see the church sitting in the church and we barely can impact each other and we barely survive and we can barely run the organization and oh, there's problems with this, there's problems with that. And I'm like, enough of that junk. I don't have time for that mess. You know, I just been kind of feeling trapped. Anybody else ever felt trapped? While we're doing this, open your Bibles to John chapter 10, please. I, I, I just, I, you know, I, I, I just don't believe we were placed here. And if we're saved, supposedly, I don't believe we were saved so we can go around feeling, acting, and talking just like everybody else. I believe that we Christians were saved and set apart for, to actually impact the world. In, in, in Genesis chapter 12, one of the more extraordinary uh, dynamics that, that, that God communicates to us is that he called Abraham out of his comfort zone. He called him to go. And here's the hard part about that. He didn't say go where. He just said go. <laughs> just go. How would you like God to tell you that? Just go. Here's the cool part. He is telling me that. Just go. Because the bottom line is, you've got a country and a world that's falling apart, and somebody's got to tell them about the great love and grace and power and glory of Jesus Christ. You know, somebody's got to let them know they can go. You can go. You can leave this place and you can impact everybody in your world if you want to. Or you can keep playing church. Oh, well, Pastor, that's not very nice. Get over yourself. Are you impacting your world? Are you cultivating your world? He goes on and says, listen, if you go, I'll tell you when you get there. That's a hard one, isn't it? And the bottom line is, in the middle of that, I'm going to make you great. I'm into great. I'm sorry. I like great. I do. Mealy mouth mediocrity ain't great. Barely getting by in life ain't great. I think, in fact, I think it stinks. Any moment I feel mediocre... I'm ready to bust out. How about you? Anybody get tired of feeling like you're not really doing much? Anybody ever get tired of feeling like, well, I, you know, make, anybody get tired of making excuses for their mediocrity? Well, you know, I got problems. Everybody got problems. Well, I got bills. Everybody I know got bills. I guess there are some people without bills, but I'm not one of them. You know, well, you know, my mama spanked me. My mama and daddy spanked me a lot. And guess what? I deserved it. Well, I'm kind of running out of excuses here. We should be out of excuses. Because the only reason we're not impacting the world around us is we're not willing to go because we actually don't believe in God. You see, God, I can't step out there on that water because I don't know where the stumps are. 
can't step out of this boat and, and do what you would have me to do because God, really what I'm saying is I don't trust you're going to help me to walk on it. Amen? Anybody else honest? I'd rather stay here in the safety of this boat going nowhere. God say, no, man, go. I'll make you great. I'll make you a great nation. I love this part. I love this part because I'm just a nasty person. The bottom line is, he says, and I will bless those who bless you. So if you want to be blessed, take me to dinner. Just kidding. But I do like that theology. Yeah. But he also says, I'll curse those who curse you. In other words, when you're in him, you ain't got nothing to worry about. He'll deal with foolishness. He'll deal with fools. Don't worry about it. He's got it all under control. You're okay. Look at the person next to you and say, we're okay. We're okay. It's okay. He's got everything under control. But here's the reason that he made us, church, to be a blessing to every family on the earth. Do you ever have a time in life where you get out of your own way enough to be a blessing? Anybody else here love Christmas? I love Christmas. I love Santa. I love everything about Christmas. Okay? Especially love the Christmas part. Okay? You know why I love Christmas? Because we bless each other. Amen? That's what we're all about, guys. That's why we're here. That's why God saved us. He didn't save us to go to church. He saved us to be a blessing. He saved us to love somebody. He saved us to lift somebody up when they've fallen down. Amen? He saved us so that when somebody can't pay their bills, we do. Didn't hear as many amens on that one. You know, he saved us so that the bottom line is so we can be disciplined enough to do that. Amen? Are you with me? I want you to hear this. I want you to understand. That's what it's all about. And the thing is, is that Jesus came and he showed us what that's all about. He showed us what that looked like. Okay? And that's where we get to John chapter 10. And, and, we'll, and, and we'll basically read John 10, verse 10. In verse 10, it says, The thief, he, oh, he, he comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Let me help you with something. Whatever it is in your life that's zapping you of life, that ain't God. Are you hearing me? That's the thief. Okay? He came to do nothing but steal and destroy. But let me help you with something. God can't help you with that, with stuff he has, you haven't given to him. Very, very important. The thief came here to steal and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in the full 
or have it in abundance. And here's what it really says. So it's sloshing over on everybody else. Amen? Let me, let me just go through a little theology with you, if you don't mind. In the first two chapters of, of, of the Bible, it says, you, 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 not that perfect person, you, okay? You were made and create. you were created the apple of God's eye. You were created in, in his image. He made everything else, and it was good. You, 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 when you look in the mirror tomorrow morning, say this. I was very good. Like I've told you before, I look in the mirror and say, why mess with perfection? With my hair, I don't really have to do anything anyway, so, you know. You were put in charge of your world. You. The whole world's trying to tell you that the world's in charge of you and it impacts you. You weren't created so it impacts you. You were created to impact it. Are you with me? You were created, you were created to, to be ruled and subservient to those and that, that, which, that is around you. You were created to rule and subdue it. Somebody at least, I'm having trouble seeing it because I've been wearing my old other glasses all week. Somebody smile. Whatever. No, seriously, folks, this is powerful stuff. This means I don't have to go out of here and let all of that garbage wreak havoc on me. I could go out there and wreak havoc on it. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? That's biblical. That's not Letterman. That's biblical. Okay? The coolest part is the second chapter starts out by saying that you can be so organized that you can do all your work in six days and on the seventh day you can rest and worship him. It, it, it amazes me that how many people are more busy and have more things to do than almighty creator God. Well, I'm so busy, I don't have any time to worship God. Really? You're more busy than the creator? Seriously? Are you serious? God can help us get our act together. Amen? The coolest part is that he breathed life into that lump of clay called us. And we are people that are made a living soul or a living being. Are you with me? And that living soul and that living being can make decisions. I just hear so many people just, well, see, you got to understand, Pastor, I'm stuck. Who told you that? Who told you you're, well, you don't understand what's happened to me. I can match you stuff for stuff. Every one of us can do that, right? 
Anybody here not got stuff? Anybody here never have anything happen to them? You, you got to hear that. Because I hear this, well, you know, it's, I'm just stuck. No, you're not. You can make a decision to get unstuck if you'd like to. Because you've got a soul and God will breathe into you and make your soul come alive. And you can make a decision not to be stuck. You don't have to be Bill Bixby. You can be the Hulk. I'm sorry for you that are younger. That's an old show. Okay, I'm sorry. But you don't have to run around barely making it, barely getting by. God wants to set you free. God wants to set you free, you know? He wants to make you a person that when he says yes, you do yes, and when he says no, you do no. Let me help you with something. You're better off doing that. I'm sorry. You know, this stuff where, well, you know, if you don't do his yes and his no, then the bottom line is you're not listening and you don't trust him. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? You know, it's okay. Here's the coolest one. It's what my whole future life's about. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 says that Adam and Eve were set in this garden and God said, cultivate it. I want you to understand, you were set where you are in that home, in that marriage, in that life with those crazy people. And the bottom line is you and you alone have the ability to cultivate that world. Are you with me? Is anybody excited yet? You know, you, all right, who got the phone? Uh Uh-huh. Is it Ruth? Um, But you hear what I'm saying? You know, you can cultivate your world. And they came together and, and they were able to love. I love Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. It says they were naked and unashamed. Do you ever just want to be naked and unashamed? We don't want to be naked because we're ashamed. But the bottom line is, one of these days, I'm looking forward to heaven where I can be naked and unashamed. And it doesn't really matter what I wear. I'm even going to have hair there, and it won't even matter how I comb it. It's okay. It's all right. Are you with me? But there's no hidden agendas. I don't have to worry about what somebody's thinking. I don't have to worry about what somebody else has planned. I don't have to worry about what people are saying about me. I don't have to worry about all that because we're all just naked and unashamed. You know? But along came the thief. But along came the thief, Genesis 3. And the thief came to Eve. And I hear men all the time saying, well, yeah, it's the woman. Adam was standing over there sucking his thumb doing nothing. Aren't you guys thankful that you're never that way? He comes to Eve and he starts asking questions. He starts to bring a lot of confusion to Eve's mind. And Eve kept talking to him. And, and, and little by little he's saying, you know, maybe, maybe that God that you walked with every day and you're right with. And, and, and I know, you know, you're, you rule and subdue. And I know you're in charge. And I know you're powerful. And I know, you know, you're, you, you've got all this authority and it's, it's powerful. 
But somehow he was able to talk to Eve and, and, and talk her into thinking that somehow God was holding out on her. Aren't you so thankful we never think that way? Aren't you so thankful that we never believe that somehow God would hold out on us? That was a joke, by the way. Because we all tend to think, well, you know, maybe God really doesn't understand my situation. Maybe I need to help him out. Huh? You know, maybe, maybe he needs a push. Kids, you never have to worry about God holding out on you. You never have to worry about God leading you astray. He's got this perfect plan for you before you were even born. And the bottom line is he has the ability to execute that perfect plan. Now, the problem is lots of times... We don't have the stuff that Donald Trump has, and we don't have the looks that Ivanka has, so we think he's holding out on us. I'm sorry, kids. You were created you. And he's got this perfect plan for you. Are you with me? And it's an awesome, powerful plan. It's really awesome. It's really cool. If you decide to be in it. The problem is. If you make one up on your own. Which many of us do. And say now God. This is my plan. You bless it. It does not work. Because then you're trying to serve two masters. Yourself and God. You got one foot in. One foot out. Do you ever try to walk that way? I want you to understand. It doesn't work. You remember when there was this great relationship and, and Adam and Eve were powerful and there was nothing between them or God or anybody. It was just beautiful. It was wonderful. They were unashamed. It was just, it was just awesome. It was just powerful. All of a sudden, that same Adam and Eve, after they decided to eat that fruit that God told them not to, all of a sudden, they're in the bushes hiding from God. Aren't you so thankful we never do that? Anybody else ever tried not to pray for a couple days in in hopes that God would forget what you did? Huh? Just a little secret. He doesn't. But he'll help you deal with it. So why hide? Where at one time... Everything was, they were powerful and they were subservient to nothing but God. And it was just wonderful and awesome. Now they're living in fear. Aren't you so thankful none of us live in fear? Aren't you so thankful none of us worry? Aren't you so thankful that we're all absolutely secure? We're not. But God wants to get us there. Are you with me? Are you with me? And then all of a sudden, instead of taking personal responsibility, what did they do? 
They first blamed God. It's that woman you gave me. Can you imagine blaming God? Aren't you so thankful none of us ever blame God? That was a joke. Then they started blaming each other. All of a sudden, they have kids. And these two boys, Cain and Abel, are living together. And one of them brings God his best, and the other one doesn't. And the one that brings God his first or his best, God acknowledges and blesses. The other one's ticked. God says to him, listen, dude, you better listen to me. Sin is crouching at your door. You must master it. Now, let me parenthetically say in there right there. Are you listening to me? If he told Cain to master it, guess what? Cain has the ability to master it. (laughs) Don't you get tired of saying, well, you know, there are certain things in my life I can't do nothing about. Who told you that? Who, Who convinced you of that foolishness? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. He died and rose again and sent his Holy Spirit. Yes, you can. You really can. You can conquer that. You can master that. Instead, though, he decided to manipulate the situation and said, if I kill that dude and get him out of the way, God will like me. How'd that work out? It worked out awful if you don't know the story. Then the next chapter, all of a sudden, you've, you know, the thief has got it to the point where from their youth, from their birth, they are evil in every intent of their mind and their heart. Thank, aren't you so glad we weren't born that way? That's how we were born. And without the grace of God, that, we just perfect that art. Are you with me? You know, if you don't believe me, you should have been with us this week. All I heard all week was, mine, mine, mine. After a while, I started saying that to my wife, mine. She tried to take my piece of pizza, mine. Just kidding. The thief comes in to rob and to steal, and destroy. I don't care what it is. I don't care who it is. I don't care what's happened. If your life is being zapped of life, I want you to understand something. The thief has control of an area of your life. You got to understand something. The thief is a liar. The thief is going to give you an illusion that somehow if you do something, then the bottom line is that it's going to be okay and, you know, you'll get more. I want you to understand something. When you take over, you've placed yourself or whatever area of your life you've, you've decided to take over, you've placed yourself in the hands of the thief the robber and the destroyer. And the bottom line is, he will, he will zap you of life. He will take away everything that's good in your life and he will destroy you. And that's what he's all about. Is everybody with me there? 
Does anybody need any proof? Go home and watch Fox News. It's all the Democrats' fault. Go home and watch CNN. It's all the Republicans' fault. Watch Letterman. It's all of their fault. Amen? And the bottom line is, if you don't believe, read the newspaper. This world is nuts. This world is total, absolute selfishness. Every once in a while, like in Irma and in in, um, Harvey. Do you see that couple named Irma and Harvey? (laughs) That's some cold stuff, man. You know. Every once in a while, you see a little bit of humanity and God's image coming through, but predominantly what we see is mine. But Jesus came to change that. Uh, uh, You guys are smiling. They're not. Jesus came to change that. You see, the thief came in to rob and destroy. Jesus came to give us you life. Are you living? Have you gotten a life? No, I'm serious. Do you know who you are? Do you know who God made you? Do you know who God created you to be? Do you know what God created you to to do? Are you willing to go and be and do whatever God would have you to be and do? Or are you stuck in whatever excuse machine you got going so that you can have feel like somehow I'm okay getting the life zapped out of me? He came to give you life. He came to restore all that good stuff we talked at the beginning of the sermon where you're living in the image of God. He came to restore that. Somebody, please smile, say amen, say hallelujah, or something, or it's time for me to go to lunch. He came back to put you back in charge. Oh, but pastor, you don't understand what's happened to me. Do you ever get tired of getting the life zapped out of you? Enough. I want God to restore my soul so that I can make decisive decisions. I know that's not the way you're supposed to say it. So that I could be the man or woman he created me to be. You know? And I want you to understand something. That's what the cross and the resurrection were all about. The cross and the resurrection where he tied a perfect death so that he did it in my place so I don't have to. Amen? Amen. And he rose a perfect, awesome, almighty, powerful resurrection. All the problems, all the struggles, all the pain, all the, 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 um, what, all the sin... Everything in this world was on his shoulders. He took it. He took it for me and he took it for you. And now he can set you free. Then they took him down off that cross. They laid him in a tomb in a grave and put death clothes all around him. And the bottom line is on the third day, he got up. He got up. He got up. 
so can you. Oh, but pastor, you ain't dead so you can get up. You ain't dead yet, so you can get up. Let me help you something. Even if you're dead, God can get you up. You can be restored. You can get it right. You can have life. I'm going to say you can have life until at least 10 of you smile. You can have life. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. You can stop smiling now. I'm just kidding. I want you to hear that. I want you to understand that. Tap into that awesome, powerful life resource. The coolest thing about Jesus' example was his life stunk. Tell me the good parts about Jesus' life. His disciples, biggest pile of knuckleheads known to man. No, I'm serious. Think about it. I mean, his main knucklehead, he finally just said, you're the devil, man. (laughs) Seriously. You know, his mom and dad, they didn't get it. Mom takes him to a wedding, makes him do a miracle. No, I'm serious. You know, they didn't get him. They didn't understand. You know, Pharisees, Sadducees, the church board, they didn't get him. They really didn't, you know, he had to look at them and say, man, you're a bunch of whitewashed tombs, man. You know, what's wrong with you? His life, the dude couldn't even get a loan for a house. I don't hear anything about money. It's like he was broke, but he had everything he wanted. I like that. I'll spend some other time, quality time on that sometime. From his birth to his death, nothing seemed to work out the way we think things are supposed to work out. But he was good. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Nothing in his life was this, you know, everybody says in these, these preachers on television, oh, if you give your life to Jesus, you can have everything. They're the only ones with everything. But here's the cool part. You give your life to Jesus, no matter what's happening in your world, you can have life. Let that percolate for a second. We're all waiting for the right time to get life. And Jesus is saying, there ain't never going to be the right time. You either get it or you don't. And you get it where you are. Kids, that's so important. I wish I could tell you, you give your life to Jesus and pray the right way, and you get everything you want. Okay? You get, give your life to Jesus and you pray and you get exactly what you need. 
when you need it. And the coolest part about the life he gives you in the middle of whatever is it spills. It kind of has this wonderful habit of splashing out all over everybody you're with. Are you with me? You got any splash? Huh? Have you got some good splash going? Seriously. If you don't, you can. Oh, but Pastor, you don't understand what's happening to me. I can promise you there's nothing happening to you worse than happened to Jesus. And yet he splashed all over everybody he was with. And you can too. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go out here and say, oh, that was a good service. Big, hairy deal. I want to go out of here and splash. I want to go out of here and splash on that neighbor that's a jerk. I want to go out of here and splash on that neighbor that doesn't know him. I want to go out of here and splash on the members of my family that have been so hurt by church that... They don't want anything to do with it. Anybody got those in your life? I want to go out of here and shake it up and splash. This wonderful life all over everybody that comes into my world.